Radio. The Journey with Dave and Dodsey, an initiative of the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong and Pulse 94.1. It's now time for The Journey with Dodsey and Dave. G'day listeners and welcome to The Journey. My name's Dave and, well, my usual partner Dodsey, he's not here today. I've lost my usual partner, but I'm joined today by our producer, Jude Hennessy. G'day, Jude. G'day, Dave. How are you going, mate? Great to be with you. It is great to be with all of our listeners and yourself, Jude, because it's cricket season and we're doing well in the ashes, mate. I'm a happy chappy. Isn't it good? It's fantastic to watch. I tell you what, I know you're a cricket lover too, so I knew you'd be in a good mood today, so it's great to have you here. Mate, it's been riveting the whole series and it just keeps unfolding uh, really brilliantly, doesn't it? Bring it on the rest of the summer. I must say at this point, I am a bit confused where my usual partner in crime, Dodsey, is. I was thinking to myself, he's either still celebrating the cricket or watching <laughs> the cricket. He may have gone over to WA. Yes. He's helping Santa or, knowing Dodsey, he's spreading the word, the real meaning of Christmas. Jesus. Either one of those two could easily be correct, Dave. No doubt about that at all. He's a man in high demand. But uh, anyway, I'll, I'll join you again. It's the second time in a few weeks that I've been on the journey. Make sure you're gentle with me, mate. Nurse me through. <laughs> a lot gentler than Mitchell Johnson has been with those English cricketers. Yeah, well, that's okay. He doesn't have to be gentle. What's coming up on the show, Dave? So glad you asked, Jude. Sister Hilda Scott with her regular segment, Wisdom from the Abbey. Also, the Parolas, Dr. Byron and Fran Parola with their Smart Loving segment. Robert Falzon from the Men Alive movement, Trish McCarthy with her Milk and Honey segment, and Pete Gilmore, Living the Gospel. And I believe we also have an interview with Bishop Peter Ingham. So let's get into it. But first up, before any of that, we've got today's Sunday Gospel reading with Father Ken Cafe from Thoreau. Here's this week's Reflection on the Gospel. This week's Gospel from Matthew chapter 11, the third Sunday of Advent. In 1860, politicians proposed that the eastern suburbs railway would be for 15 kilometres. It wasn't until 1979 that we got it, only seven and a half kilometres. Some people would say politicians are all talk. They asked Jesus, are you the one who is to come? And he wasn't all talk, was he? The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, dead people are raised to life, good news is proclaimed to the poor. These were the signs, the real signs of care, love, hope and life. Those rejected by the so-called powerful world, these were the ones that Jesus had touched. And he touched them not for himself, but for others. And of course this brought criticism. He was making the unimportant the important ones. He was making the weak strong. He was not a weak person, but a gentle person. His outer layer was of softness, but inside there was a deep strength. And that's perhaps what we are called to do in this time leading up to Christmas. Are my eyes too closed to see those who really need me, those who are rejected by others? Is Christmas all about me, 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 and about my problems, or do I look beyond, beyond my religion, beyond my family, beyond my culture? Do I give birth to the Lord? Do I bring life to the blind, the lame, the lepers, the outcasts, the deaf, the dead, and the poor? A happy Christmas to you and to all your family. May it be peace-filled with the peace of the Christ child. You're listening to The Journey on cradio.org.au. Now for Robert Falzon, founder of the Men Alive movement. 
Some time ago I was walking through parish church grounds and this little old lady came up and nestled beside me. She walked along beside me, leant over and said these words, whatever you're doing to my husband, keep going. This was very encouraging and it made me feel like we were making an impact in men's lives. Her words made me think about the men that I meet with in the work that I do and my own marriage and what I'm doing there to love my wife. Over time I came to a marriage changing discovery. I love the way I need to be loved. I need to be touched. I need words, public displays of affection. Men, you know what I'm talking about. That makes me feel like the man that I'm made to be. Perhaps I'm a bit slow, but it took me a while to realize that that's not the way my wife needs to be loved. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. My wife, Alicia, needs to be loved differently. I had to figure this out. So I asked her, what makes you feel loved? And guess what? She told me, Alicia needs to be loved by me giving her time, eye contact, and listening. She will then tell me what's going on in her life. She'll tell me what's going on in her heart. And she wants me to listen and make listening noises. Like, hmm, really? What's that mean, darling? Oh no and genuinely showing interest without trying to fix or solve everything. I think every woman wants to be seen, heard, and therefore loved. Fellas, the challenge to you today is to intentionally go home and find out how your wife needs to be loved. Go on, I'm sure she's dying to tell you. I'm Robert Falzon. God is glorified when men are fully alive. For more information, go to menalive.org.au. Welcome back to The Journey on Pulse 94.1. Just then we had Robert Falzon, founder of the Men Alive movement. I just want to remind listeners that Christian churches are currently recruiting scripture teachers to join the over 10,000 New South Wales teachers who go into schools and share the gospel with young people in state schools in time set aside for special religious education each week. Now you know a bit about this, Jude, don't you, mate? Sure do, Dave. It's my uh, nine to five regular job working with with catechists or SRE teachers, as they're known in state schools. They do an amazing job. We in um, our own diocese see about ten thousand kids a week. That's Catholic kids in state schools, and I know all of my Protestant brothers and sisters. They're going in and seeing just as many in all the schools they go into as well. Now I know Icarus is um, is out there urging people to think about being an SRE teacher next year. And if you'd like more information on that, I really encourage you to contact Sue Snedden on o two four nine seven nine thirteen thirty five. That's o two. 49791335 and Sue will be able to put you in contact with your local church, your local denomination and get you in there so that you can make Jesus known and loved amongst the kids in state schools and, and parents can get in there and have kids formed in the faith of their family which is just fantastic. Very important message that needs to get out there Jude. Coming up, Need to Breathe with These Hard Times and also the lovely Sister Hilda with Wisdom from the Abbey. It's The Journey. You're listening to The Journey with Dave and Dodsey from the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong on cradio.org.au Here's Sister Hilda with Wisdom from the Abbey. When I was a child, I have a very clear memory that my father used to make my mother a cup of tea every morning. Now, I used to see him do that, and on a Saturday morning, I was involved. I can still see myself as a little one standing there in the kitchen with dad and he'd give me two cups of tea 
no mugs in those days. One day, he saw the look on my face and he said to me, what's wrong? Well, the story was, I was scared. I'd have to get those two cups of tea out of the kitchen, through the dining room, up the hall to the bedroom. It was a long way for a little kid. So I coughed up and said to him, I'm scared, I'm frightened, I'm going to spill it. And he said to me, oh, that's easy. Stare at one and the other one will be all right. Now for the life of me, I don't know how that works. But I know it does work. I do it to this day. Now if you're looking for God, everything tells you about God and so does that. Sometimes in our lives, you and I have to make decisions. You and I are perplexed. You and I don't know which way to go. We don't know what to do. We're scared that we'll mess it up. What Dad said about the tea fits here too. Stare at God and everything will be all right. Stare at his word. Stare at who he is in your life. Stare at what he's already done in your life. Sit down and stare at him in silence if you want. But stare at God. You'll be amazed. All that stuff that you're worried about, perplexed, uncertain about, it will resolve itself because you put yourself into touch with the God who can do just that for you. Ah, yes. Stare at God and everything will be all right. Welcome back to The Journey on Pulse 94.1. And it's Dave today, flying solo. Well, not quite. I've got our producer, Jude Hennessy, with us today. Jude, I'd like to give a big cheerio to all the young people who are up at the Stanwell Tops Conference Centre as we speak. Yeah, I know they're listening in. They mm. said they would be. It's the annual eyewitness retreat they're attending and it's been running since Thursday and there's hundreds of 18 to 35 year olds who are up there at Stanwall Tops focusing on what it means to authentically witness to your faith in our modern world. Hope they're having a great time but by what you said Jude they sure are. Mate great bunch of young people and they're having a brilliant weekend. So, you know, God bless them up there for all the stuff that they're doing. And thanks to them all, too, for listening in to The Journey. Mm. Now it's time to get into an interview that you, Mr. Jude Hennessy, did with Bishop Peter Ingham. All right, Jude, tell us what you two spoke about. A lot of different things. And as you know, Bishop Peter Ingham is, is really eager to be a guest on The Journey as often as he can be. And this time we just spoke about the real meaning of Christmas and, and got a few insights, too, in what it means for Bishop Peter and, and what it meant for him growing up as well. So it's a fascinating interview. I um, hope people enjoy it. Let's get into it. I'm joined in the studio by Bishop Peter Ingham, the Catholic Bishop of Wollongong. G'day, Bishop Peter. Thanks for joining us on The Journey. Pleasure, Jude, and to your listeners, it's great to be with you, and uh, I hope and pray the Lord's blessings were on all the listeners today. Thanks, Bishop. Now, you haven't joined us for a little while. I think we last spoke to you in, in October, and certainly you've had a, a lot on your plate since then. What have you been up to? Well, of course, I was with you, Jude, and the scripture teachers that we took to Israel and Jordan, and the wonderful time we had travelling through the footsteps of Christ, uh, mm. as you call it, Jude, the fifth gospel, sure. uh, when you go to the Holy Land and, and connect up the history and the geography as well as the gospel and the, where Jesus was and the sort of places. And then you read the gospel really with new eyes. 
I remember at one particular point in time, Bishop Peter, we um, we sang a Christmas carol right in the middle of uh, in the middle of October. Um, would you like to just share with listeners what what that was all about? Uh, yes, one of the highlights I remember was we went to the Church of the Nativity. Uh, which is where Christ was born and you go down into the crypt and it's a very authentic spot because it's one of those places that was never destroyed by aliens or people who who were against uh, Christianity and uh, you go down and you venerate the spot where Jesus was born and then we gathered as a group back from there and we sang Silent Night together. Well really that was a touching experience and I found it uh, really moved me. So it was a, a lovely, um, a lovely experience. That yeah, it was, and so many of the scripture teachers who have come back from that that journey um, have found it of immense benefit when they go in and teach kids each week in in our state schools. Well, Bishop Peter, Christmas is upon us. We're well and truly on the way to uh, to Christmas Day now, and we heard from you a couple of weeks ago at the beginning of Advent on uh, one of our Sunday Gospel reflections. Busy time of year for you. What would you like to share with the listeners about about the lead-in and the run into Christmas? What does it mean for you? Well, I think the big thing is that, you know, God became one of us so that we could then become part of, of, of living with God. Um, the old saying was God became human so that humans could become like God. And so uh, really Christmas to me uh, is, is that touching awareness uh, that, that uh, what it meant that the Lord actually came on earth, lived a human life mm-hmm. in, in, like us in all ways except sin. Yep. And that's really, you know, I don't think we get that fully. I, I read an article recently about um, finding uh, joy and, and faith in laughter. Mm. And when you stop and think about, you know, Jesus attracted people. Now, he wouldn't have attracted people had he been sour and, uh, and frowning and, 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 and mean and all the rest of it. Sure. He, there, there must have been a joy and a, and a spontaneity about his character. Mm. And, you know, to think of, I love that, that, that drawing of the laughing Christ. I don't know whether you've ever seen that, yeah, but it's really, right. he's got his head back and he's really having a good old belly laugh. Mm. And, uh, and, and I tried to pick out, you know, how the scriptures really show the humanity and the humour of Jesus in a lot of his examples and parables and so on. Well, it really is a time of joy, Christmas, isn't it? Often time we think of, of Christmas and Easter as being those two high points in our, in our church year and in our celebration. But, but Christmas is the thing that, you know, is, is so joyous. It, Christmas is the thing that is so joyous for us as Christians. Yes, and while Easter, of course, is the high point of the Christian faith, uh, it's the coming of Christ into our world that somehow touches our hearts because he came as a baby. And, of course, you know, every time you see a baby, the miracle of life is really there. And, uh, and I think that, that, that touches us at Christmas. And the important thing is to go beyond the appearances and to get to the point of it that, that you know, God became one of us so that we could then come closer to God. Bishop, I'm sure Christmas is, is special for all of us because, well, every single one of us have got you know, childhood memories of this particular time of year that are, are often really vivid for us. What was Christmas like for you growing up? Oh, it was always a very happy time, you know, in the home uh, and again with, with neighbours and friends and, and relatives. Mm. Um, but it struck me as I think back on it, you know, that... Um, we always seem to have someone at our Christmas dinner table who otherwise wouldn't have had anywhere else to go. Really? Yeah. And, you know, Mum seemed to sort of um, 
you know, make sure that this one or that one, these elderly ladies or people who who would have been on their own, yeah. and, and she's tried to bring them in, and I, that's that's really, you know, that's really hits the point about Christmas, doesn't it? It's yeah. sharing sharing the joy. Um, that's why at Christmas time, you know, the St Vincent de Paul has a Christmas appeal, mm. um, and the, uh, the the Christmas bowl that's that's run by the by the churches too, and you know that we don't forget those who are in need sure. because we want to share the gifts look at um, the, the meals that are put on and the, the, the sharing the Christmas hampers yeah, and so on yeah. you know it's really something that, that everybody wants to make sure they can share the joy mm. and um, you know why do we give well God gave to us God gave his son to be our saviour and in gratitude for that you know we give something of ourselves to share the joy with others and it's in giving that we receive. Yeah, it's really powerful, Bishop. You can easily forget that when you're dragging yourself around shopping centres with all of the fuss and all of the busyness and that sort of stuff. We've got to come back to that basic understanding that we give because it was God who gave first. So that's that's at the at the real heart of, of the season, isn't it? Sure is. Now, Bishop, I know the diocese has gone to a, a lot of trouble this year to prepare some resources for people to help them to be prayerful and to help them prepare for for Christmas, not just Christmas Day, but to prepare for the whole season. Do you want to give us a bit of a rundown on on some of the things that that the diocese has done to to make this Christmas season really special for people? Certainly. Well, we've produced this beautiful little pocketbook called Behold, and it uh, has the Christmas image on the front cover, and uh, it's... Going, it's using the religious congregations that are in our diocese uh, and asking them to give their reflections on the daily scripture readings that take us right through this season of Advent, through Christmas, right through to the Epiphany. And uh, these reflections can be ways in which we can spend a bit of time each day reading it, reflecting on it, and letting that lead us into prayer and into into identification with with what's we're, what we're celebrating, mm. and helping us to prepare our hearts so that we can receive the Lord. Because you know, it's when we repent and tell God we're sorry for our sins mm. that we can then open our hearts, and the Lord can purify us so that we can then give Him easy entry. You know. Uh, John the Baptist said, prepare the way of the Lord. And I often think as you look at those, um, say the road up to Newcastle, Mm. you know, how, you know, the valleys were filled in with bridges and the the hills were cut low Mm. through the the bypasses, through the the mountains. And so it made a straight, easy way to get to to Newcastle or wherever the roads and, and, and highways take us now. And so that's an example of preparing the way of the Lord so that, his, his journey into our hearts, that the obstacles are out of the way and we can then uh, make it easy for God to enter. Bishop Peter, our, our churches are generally full at both Easter and, and Christmas, you know. and uh... Well, I, I think that's so true and yet it's wonderful because, you know, people are welcome at any time, of course, but um, somehow, you know, the atmosphere of Christmas gets to people. Carol singing, the decorations in the shops, mm. you know, people uh, get caught up in the spirit of this wonderful time. Mm. And it seems to, to touch us, you know, in different ways. Like there's a whole spirit abroad that um, wants to greet people, wish them a happy Christmas, a happy new year. There's a, a lovely atmosphere that's there at Christmas time, sure. and uh, you know from that comes a desire to to worship, and um, you know I just think 
Christmas is not just a day, it's a whole way of life. Uh, because if only we could keep that spirit that's there between Christmas and New Year yeah. and, and let that run right through the year, yeah. what a much better community and world we'd have, you know, where people respected one another, were joyfully greeting one another yeah. and, and um, doing something for the common good because they were conscious of the needs of others. Sure. And I'll tell you what, apart from all the gifts that kids get so excited about, I reckon in their innocence, that's the thing, that's the magic of Christmas that kids so often pick up on, just the way people relate to each other differently. Absolutely. Bishop Peter, thanks very much for joining us on the journey. It's great to have you in the lead up to Christmas. I know we'll hear from you again on the 22nd on our show as we as we head into the Sunday just before Christmas Day. Thanks very much for being here with us on the journey. And God bless and greetings and best wishes and blessings for this very special time. Thank you, Bishop. Welcome back to The Journey on Pulse 94.1. Well, I tell you what, Jude, I tip my hat to you, mate. Great interview. Bishop Ingham, I've been lucky enough to interview him in the past. He's so easy to talk to. Yes, mate, isn't he? Awesome. Very warm, humble, loves a joke. And the thing that impresses me, Dave, about him, and I've seen him in a lot of different contexts and settings now, is he remembers people's names. And that's something that always impresses me, not just with Bishop Peter, but with anyone who can remember people's names. It you know, really says something about the way they approach life and, and what's important to them in this instance. I just think people are what comes first for them, you know, so... And it was a great reminder for me too that he loves a joke because when I've spoken to him in the past, there's always got to be a joke or two thrown in. Exactly, exactly. It's part of who he is. Anyway, we'll be hearing from him again in a few weeks as he gives us some more gospel reflections and uh, and next week when we hear his Christmas message. So it'll be good to keep having him regularly on the show. Coming up, we've got Jimmy Needham with a breath or two, followed by the lovely Trish McCarthy with her regular milk and honey segment. It's The Journey on Pulse 94.1. You're listening to The Journey on cradio.org.au. And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. Your mind is a garden. Thoughts are the seeds. You can grow flowers or you can grow weeds. Our thoughts are powerful things. One of the greatest and mysterious gifts that we have been given. Yes, they have the potential to affect the altitude of our attitude and our actions. What kind of garden are you growing? I've heard that we spend one-fifth of our lives talking and have approximately 30 conversations per day. We also talk to ourselves. Have you ever stopped and really listened to your thoughts? Here's an activity. Take five minutes, 30 minutes, half a day, jotting down all the thoughts that fly through that space between your ears. And once done, examine them closely. Are they positive, negative, or neutral? What do they focus on most? What are the key themes, if you like? Is it your emotions, your actions, tasks, family, or work? Are they focused on judgments or affirmations of yourself and others? With God's help, it is possible to clean up our thoughts. And when we do, it has significant impact not only on ourselves, but all those whom we encounter. Just like a small child who has sticky hands and leaves a residue on everything they touch, so too negative thoughts on our lives, experiences and relationships. We're created for much more than this. Try taking three questions or statements that you've jotted down and changing them into a better question or frame of thought. For example, I wish I didn't have to go to work today. Into, how can I be present at work and enjoy the moment? Or, why does this always happen to me? Into, what is God or life trying to say to me through this experience? What can I be open to learning? If you ask yourself a question, your brain instinctively comes up with an answer. Ask a better question, get a better answer. Have some fun today with your thoughts. What kind of garden are you growing? 
And now with their tips for vibrant marriages and family life, here's Byron and Francine Parola with Smart Loving. Honey, we need to talk. Ah, those five words that strike unparalleled fear in every man's heart. They usually mean an unpleasant message or at least a very long and arduous conversation. No wonder men dread these words. Hi, we're Francine and Byron Parola from Smart Loving and today we're talking about sharing emotions. Men and women are quite different when it comes to verbal communication. While women are marathon runners in the endurance conversation, men are optimised for the sprint encounter. Fast, focused, effective communication is his preferred style. Like most couples, we spend a good deal of our day apart. In the early days of our relationship, we were diligent in updating each other on our daily experiences. Every evening, or through several phone calls during the day, we'd keep each other in touch with what was happening at work, what our newborn baby was up to, and things that were generally happening in our lives. The practice kept us intimate as we both grew and changed. After a time though, and especially once children came along, increasingly, there just wasn't the time to share everything that we individually experienced each day. And yet, we were still growing and changing just as much. Even as our relationship stagnated, our individual development continued. Over time, this lack of shared life experiences created a sense that we barely knew each other anymore. We had changed so much that we felt like married strangers. This drifting apart is often felt more acutely by women, as their need for intimate conversation is typically stronger than it is for men. One very effective habit to counter this drift is sharing our daily strongest emotion. Let's be practical. In our fast-paced culture, it's just not possible to share all our encounters in a typical day apart. However, if we do share the strongest emotion we experienced each day, then we are at least keeping in touch with the most significant experiences in our lives. It's the strongest emotions that are associated with the most powerful experiences, the encounters that impact us deeply. And these are the ones that really matter and are worth sharing. And it needn't take a huge amount of time to do this. Five minutes is usually sufficient. This is not only achievable for the conversation-weary husband, it actually helps focus the conversation for the woman so that she becomes more efficient in communicating what really matters. Moreover, the practice helps us process those intense emotions. As a regular habit, sharing our daily strongest emotion is not only achievable, it has the added benefit of preventing the backlog that leads to that dreaded demand that we need to talk. It's a simple daily ritual with big payoffs for both of us. We're Francine and Byron Parola and for more relationship tips, visit smartloving.org. The Parolas with their regular segment, Smart Loving. Now, if you want to listen again to content from any of our presenters or think someone else should hear some of the words of wisdom, just go to the Diocese of Wollongong that's radio.dow.org.au or the Pulse website, pulse941.com.au. That's right, Dave, and we've had a whole heap of people in the last few weeks like us on our Facebook page, and that also gives you access to all of the past shows. Thanks very much to Christy from DAPTO, who's uh, written a number of times now and given us a message saying how much she loves the show. Lots of other people have too. Why don't you jump on the Facebook page and tell us how much you like the show, and we'll, uh, we'll see if we can read more and more of those messages out on air in the next few weeks.
Keep spreading the word about the journey. Keep remembering to do that. It's had a really good start this year, and uh, we're really stoked by how many people are listening in. You're tuned to The Journey on Pulse 94.1. It's Dave with his temporary sidekick, our producer Jude Hennessy. <laughs> Coming up now, we've got Pete Gilmore with Living the Gospel. Now let's live the gospel with Pete Gilmore. Pete, whatever you do, don't dry stare during your peas test. Those were the words I had echoing in my mind as I gripped the steering wheel with white knuckle strength during my driving test. See, dry steering is when you turn the steering wheel whilst your car is not moving. And it's, it's bad for the car because of the strain that it puts on the steering components and it also wears down the tires. Quite often in life, we spend a lot of time dry steering. We can spend a lot of time trying to figure out what God wants us to do when really we should just start by just doing something. As someone once said to me, it's hard to steer a stationary vehicle. That's a good way to get a hernia. But once we get the car moving, it's so much easier. And you might say, well, what if I make a wrong choice? Not if, you definitely will. That's life, we all make wrong choices. If we are pursuing God, Most of our choices won't be between good and bad things. They'll be between the good and the more good. Have faith in God that he'll guide you. And and don't forget, he has faith in you. Let's make some good choices today. God bless. Dave. Well, you've got a couple of things coming up in the diocese that we need to tell our listeners about. Yeah, Jude, a bit of a reminder to our listeners, The Journey Magazine, Summer Edition 2013. It's available now, so make sure you get a hold of it before they all go from the back of your Catholic parish church or school office. That's right, Dave. We've also got some great feedback in the last couple of weeks about the Behold Daily Advent Scripture Reflection Booklet. Make sure you get a hold of them too from your local Catholic parish or drop into the Catholic Book and Gift Shop in the New Xavier Centre, which is just opposite Wynn Stadium there. You can get a hold of that, other books, gifts, Christmas cards, all that sort of stuff. And remember, all the proceeds from that go to help the needy in the developing world. I think that's just about it for another week, Dave. Almost there, mate. Almost there. It's like a clean sweep of the ashes. We're almost there. (laughs) So listeners, keep spreading the word about the journey. It's being advertised in schools and churches all around the place. And there's growing numbers of people listening in via live streaming. Now, you can also go to our Facebook page, as Jude mentioned earlier in the show. And just a reminder, listeners, too, that over the summer break, we're going to be doing a a bit of a best-of collection of the journey shows from out the year that our sound editor Rachel is putting together with interviews, music, inputs from all our regular presenters and some of the dialogue from you two lads from throughout the year too, Dave. So that's something to look forward to. It'll be quality stuff. (laughs) Well, that's it for another edition of The Journey on Pulse 94.1. Thank you so much for supporting the show and tuning in. You've also got an interview next week, Dave, with the youth mission team and the uh, manager of the youth mission team in Australia, Mr. Stephen Tui, who's going to tell us all about the work they do and and what a wonderful year they've had in evangelising right throughout Australia with uh, different groups of young people. Sounds great, Jude. That's one to look forward to. Well, Mr. Hennessy, you need to join me in our regular send-off where Dodsey and I get together and we say, until (laughs) next time. All right, Jude, here we go. No, no, that's just for you two. That's just for you two. I won't presume to be able to step into Dodsey's shoes there. No way. Let's see how we go listeners i'm flying solo on this one until next time have yourselves a great week the journey is produced by the catholic diocese of wollongong in cooperation with pulse 94.1 and edited by jude hennessy and daniel hopper from the office of the bishop you have been listening to the journey with dave and dodsey on cradio.org.au you can listen into the journey in wollongong by tuning into pulse 94.1 on sundays 
from 11am to 12pm or Wednesdays from 10 to 11pm. And you can tune in from anywhere else in the world through the Pulse 94.1 website or streaming on Cradio on Sundays from 8 to 9pm. To find all the episodes of The Journey and for more shows, talks and interviews, visit cradio.org.au.